0: I don't know, it it, it elucidates, illuminates very much about our, who we are in a short amount of time. And I think people are kind of, wow, pretty amazed at that. I'm amazed at that.
1: The world around us is changing faster than ever. We hear people say, everything's a blur living in our little self, a self in survival mode, a self that's living out what others believe we should do or who we should be, we compromise our joy. We put limits on ourselves, of speaking with Dr. Jerome Wagner. He's a clinical psychologist, psychotherapist, and emeritus faculty member in the Department of Psychology and Institute of Pastoral Studies at Loyola University in Chicago. He's among the earliest students of the Enneagram in the United States, and his dissertation was one of the first written descriptions of the Enneagram. He's also pioneered formal research studies on the Enneagram. Part of his study involved constructing an Enneagram inventory, which ended up becoming the highly researched and statistically validated WEPS, which stands for Wagner Enneagram Personality Styles Scale. He's also the author of Nine Lenses on the World, The Enneagram Perspective, and The Enneagram Spectrum of Personality Styles. Dr. Wagner has been researching and teaching the Enneagram since 1980, and he began his spectrum training and certification program in 1995. I think you'll really love the scope of his responses to a number of questions in the different angles and lenses from which he can approach uh, some of these subjects. Jerry Wagner, welcome to the Big Self Show. Thank
0: you for inviting me, Chad. Yeah.
1: Well, it's a delight, and I'm excited about our conversation here. And I'd like to start off with a question we like to ask all our guests at the beginning of each show. And that's what comes to mind when you think of Big Self? And Mm -hmm. in context of our conversation, you often hear Enneagram experts, practitioners say that our Enneagram number is who we are not. Mm -hmm. But who are we then? Are we our essence? And how often are we supposed to be? So I'm curious what your thoughts are on what it means to be in our big self versus our little self. Mm -hmm. And if you even see a connection between this idea of our essence or and merely merely just kind of falling into the confines of our personality's type or
0: style, yeah um well, um, I don't know if we have you know three and a half hours for this, but let me uh <laughs> <laughs> let me right. start at the service and work my way down when you ask me that you know kind of drill down,
1: <laughs> okay,
0: so you're you're kind of asking who am I? Well, I don't know if you're asking that, but I'd be asking that. Who the hell am I? Right. And the behaviorist would say, well, Jerry, you are your behavior. You are what you do. Ah, okay. So that's on the surface. I am <clears throat> what I do. Okay. And the cognitive folks would say, no, well, yeah, that's true. But you're also what you think. You're also the, how you perceive things, your assumptions. You go down a little deeper. You can change your behavior, but you also got to change your way of thinking. So I am I am what I think. Ah. Uh, the psychodynamic, psychoanalytic folks would say, yeah, that's true. But, you know, you're also all those influences that you had when you were very little. You know, the way your parents interacted with you, the attachment style you have, uh that's who you are you got to go a little deeper if you want to find out who you are so if you want to know who you are go back to go back the way you came How, where'd you start oh now we're going back even farther so the existentialist might say oh let's let's go back for a little farther existence you know um, so w- 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 was there an i am before there was uh you know who i am so existence comes before essence which i never understood but you know so there's something about <laughs> <laughs> existence precedes who i turned out to be okay so now <clears throat> is that it that so we hit the bottom well no the theologians or the spiritual folks would say well let's go even deeper than that who am i so who What is my true nature? Who am I really? And depending on how mystical you want to get, if you go down to the big self, so okay, I am my ego, I am my personality, I am my true authentic self, my essence, but what is my essential nature? Am I divine? So am I not only a manifestation of the divine but my true essence is divine um i think i can talk about that but i think you have to have that experience to know what that's all about Mm -hmm. and um so as a five i really like i was thinking about this i really like boundaries and in order to get down to, well, who am I? I am one with all. I got to dissolve those boundaries. And so that's kind of a tough one. So what's my barrier to having that experience? <laughs> my ego, my Enneagram style. So you might think, well, maybe all nine Enneagram styles, ego kind of blocks us from having that experience of I'm one with, it, with everything. I am my divine essence is—is is who I really am. So that—that's the big self. I don't know if that's what you had in mind. <clears throat> wait, wait, place. wait.
1: What? <laughs> Which uh-huh. what you wait, right there? you yeah. what? What was the big self? I, I think I
0: lost it there. Well, the big self is that is the d- d- divine.
1: The divine. So you're saying, well, uh, within, and that was really, I really thought that was. Really cool the way you just went uh-huh. through you're all down, of it and you down, dug down. down.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I th- my, what I'm hearing is that you're saying the big self is highly elusive. It probably transcends language and mm-hmm. we're not often in it if we ever are.
0: Yes. Okay. Wow. So, well, and it's also saying that my big self is the same as your big self. We all have the same big self.
1: Okay. That's fascinating to me. So then though, when people say the style that you are one through nine or the type yeah. that is yeah. uh, then it really is who we are because that's how we're going to be operating if we're 99% of the time in this little self-confines, yeah. yeah, that's
0: to a large extent who we are, then, right? Well, it's who in well it depends. In some ways, it's who we exaggerate ourselves to be. So I kind of think about the ego or the personality as a, an exaggeration, a caricature, a an attempt to uh, get back to our authentic self. So, yeah, we spend a lot of time there in our personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the trick is, okay, what is that personality a manifestation of? So this is, uh, you know, I, when I teach the Enneagram, the, hist- the Enneagram is kind of a platonic philosophy underneath it. So Plato has that story about you know the the cave and you know and people are seeing these shadows on the wall and they say oh that's interesting that's that's the real thing no shadows and he's saying no the real thing is what's casting that shadow on the wall so our personality is the shadow our essence our our true nature is what's casting that shadow <clears throat> the shadow reminds us or is kind of reflection of our real self but then if you want to go back farther well is our real self a reflection of the divine self so we are you know the i don't know if it's buddhist mm-hmm. or where the, mm-hmm. the image comes from but we are like the waves on the ocean and the wave thinks that i'm all separate man i'm cool i'm you know i'm a I'm this separate wave this separate ego but in fact you're just a part of the ocean And you you arise, you manifest it. Then you go back and realize, oh, I've been a part of the ocean all along. My shadow self is really my, if I back up, that's my true nature. My true nature is divine nature. I don't know that all religious traditions would buy that. Mm -hmm. Some would say, well, that's about as heretical and crazy as you can get. But I think the mystical folks in just about any religion talk about that. So, well, I,
1: I love this, and this makes me want to pursue it a tiny bit more because mm-hmm. I do. I hear that, and I hear that often in more religious communities, yeah. as well as sometimes you'll hear it in, in enneagram yeah. uh, context of this. We well, are almost never in our essence. Mm-hmm. And, and yet we're we're also the point of not being typed right is to be able to somehow pursue holy origin kind of transcending who we don't want to be stuck in mm-hmm. so for for especially for those who are like well i thought that you weren't really typing me you're trying to tell me describe the box i'm in yeah. and how i can get out of this box yeah what do what do we tell them like how do we get is it just going into the other boxes with the wings and the arrows or is there hope
0: <laughs> <I> yes <guess. laughs> or i think if you would go with the that particular philosophy tradition you are already we're already in essence we just don't realize it you don't have to get to it it's there hmm. um Mm-hmm. uh but what's 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 getting in the way would be our kind of narrow awareness or consciousness or our ego thinks it is who we are as opposed to it's a an attempt to represent or manifest who we are so it's like you know it's like the old story of um dorothy and her companions who who got her <laughs> through oz <laughs> So the Tin Man is looking for brains. No, the Scarecrow is looking for brains. The Tin Man is looking for a heart. The Cowardly Lion is looking for guts, courage. Dorothy's trying to get home. She's looking for a home. At the end of the story, they realize, well, wait a minute. I had brains all along. I had a heart all along. I had courage and gut all along. And Dorothy realizes, wait a minute. I've been home all along. Why? Anyone would want to get back to Kansas is a a good question, but she wanted to. You know, what what can I say? Well, now we've alienated anybody in Kansas from your podcast, so edit that out. Right. So so anyway, (laughs) Jung might say this too. You know, what you're looking for, you Mm -hmm. already have. Okay. It's already there. So, So what the trick is, is to... Take your blinders off or broaden your consciousness or your awareness. I was, I was just talking to somebody a, a while ago who did doesn't have any energy. How can I get some energy? And another way of looking at it is as opposed to you, you're depleted of energy. Maybe the energy is there. What's blocking it. So you got it, mm. but somehow or other, you're not in touch with it. It's a different, different kind of assumption, starting point.
1: And clearly, you you believe in being able to grow in health and move in mm-hmm. uh, in in ways with within perhaps the context of the confines of our uh, type or style um, to be able to move in in low or high degrees mm-hmm. yeah. as as well. And, and you know, and so you know, Jerry, you. Uh, you came. You came around at a good time, right? You've you've caught wind since the '70s. You've you've yeah. rode this wave of mm. the enneagram has been introduced uh, into you know into North America uh, from Naranjo and Echazo. Yeah. You you've you've witnessed a lot of it. You've been a part of the theoretical evolution and development. Um, what to you and and you also are very schooled in these traditions as we just got a little glimpse of here at the very beginning what is distinctive to you about the the enneagram as as a system not just a typology or personality system but Mm -hmm. uh, possibly as a tool for personal growth in its own right well that's a good
0: question i mean i think there's there's a lot to the Enneagram. You you can stay on the surface with it, you know, like like I started behavior, cognition, mm-hmm. early childhood experiences. You can stay on the surface, or you can go pretty deep with it. So I um I think the Enneagram has both, I mean, it started as a spiritual uh system, discipline. Um, then psychology got we got our hands on it, and then and then business got their hands on it. who knows who else is going to get their hands on it uh but so there's you can go pretty deep with the enneagram both spiritually and psychologically there are other typologies that are good maybe deep spiritually but not so much psychologically uh there are other typologies that are very good deep psychology but not spirituality uh or they're superficial on both of them but i think the enneagram Mm, it's kind of a pretty comprehensive integrative system.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And people can, um, I don't know, there's something about it you can recognize yourself. Not always, You're, you know, the ego kind of says, hey, wait a minute, I'm not like that. You're making me look bad. <laughs> but for the most part, you'd say, wow, I'm sorry, have you been listening in to my therapy sessions for the last 20 years? How do you know all this about me? Um, so the Enneagram provides kind of a shortcut um to knowing yourself. I, I know uh, uh when I was doing my internship and we would interview people uh for for you know the accept them into therapy, but we would have four hour-long sessions interviewing them. You would do a psychological history, a social history, physical, emotional history. And at the end, you would come up with like, well, here's, here's what we found after these four sessions. With the Enneagram, in, in about an hour, you got a lot of information about the person. It's really amazing. Um, I don't know. It, it, it elucidates, illuminates very much about our who we are in a short amount of time. And I think people are just kind of, wow, pretty amazed at that. I'm amazed at that.
1: Well, you know, you mentioned um, the 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 quickness of it, and and I yeah. I've heard you know, and there's a lot of tests being developed, yeah, uh, more and more, and some of the, I guess, self self-proclaimed. I've heard you know some people mm-hmm. say, well, I guess I'm old school, but I don't really like these tests. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer the way in which we take our time and maybe we'll inhabit an entire style for a while and try mm-hmm. it on and yeah. do some of these things. And of course, I'm asking someone who developed one of the very first, <laughs> if not the very first test, the yeah. WEPs, mm-hmm. but what do you, so like how are tests useful and mm-hmm. to what extent do you think or recommend people? Cause obviously people think they kind of think, well, the entry point is I've got to take a test. Yeah. What do you think about people practicing it or learning a lot about it first or how just, yeah, can you share some opinions or observations, yeah. experiences um, from, mm-hmm.
0: well from that? Yeah, I mean I think there are a lot of different points of view. Um so in one tradition would say tests don't tests are not so helpful but it's better to interview the person to so kind of a narrative tradition. Um so have a dialogue with them and to help them come to what style they are. Mm, that's fine. Um one problem with that is inter-judge reliability. So I might interview somebody, you might interview somebody, and you'd say, well, there are two, and I'd say, well, no, there are three. And so the reliability even there is not 100%. Same thing with a test. So you're looking at, well, is this test reliable? Is it really um, kind of measuring what it's supposed to uh, do the items in that In that test kind of hang together. So that's kind of some of the research that I had to do. Other people, you have to do to see if your test is reliable. And then valid, does it actually predict what type the person is? And then you say, well, how do you know what type the person is? So now you're back to, well, who do they think they are? (laughs) And if they're healthy, they know who they are. If they're not healthy, they don't know who they are. And then you could say, oh, well, how about significant people in their life? Who do they say they are? And so you say, well, okay, that's good. But then all they see is the behavior. They don't see your motivation. <laughs> so, so the gold standard is who do you think you are? Who does somebody who really knows you well think you are? Who does an expert who knows the Enneagram think you are? What does the test say you are? That's the gold standard. So if you can get them all together, you, you know, you've got time to do all that. That's great. Uh the other thing is, um, yeah, it takes time. So I, you know, like, well, I'm, my, I'm thinking, well, like, with my test, generally the top three scores, mm, a, you know, about 90% of people say, yeah, one of those top three really fits me. Um, I've got a new thing now that, well, okay, if you don't like the way you came out with your highest score, you can click on your second highest score, and it gives you a whole different, configuration. Oh, a different picture. You say, well, that doesn't sound like me either. Well, how about click on your third highest score <laughs> and see mm-hmm. how that fits? It's it's a pretty nifty little trick. You get three tests for the price of one. Um so, so okay, so let's say we've now got you down to three, we've eliminated six. So it makes things a little bit more uh mm-hmm. efficient. And now live with live with those. Um you know the new thing emphasis I don't know if it's an emphasis, but a new approach is rather than focusing on your your organizing core style, which is kind of what we it's important to do what's figural what's what's the chief executive officer in your you know your team you've got nine players on your team who's the leader which which style do you go to? to kind of trust the most so you're kind of organizing style but then what about those other eight styles so we got all those nine points in us develop all all nine so the you know you got one is figural but in the background are these eight other players so sometimes bring some of them up what do they got to offer so for an integration for a wholeness maybe we need to honor all those different styles in us uh hello mm-hmm. it takes a lifetime but well what else we got to do watch some <laughs> bad tv i suppose
1: right right in fact well that makes me wonder you know um get my thought together mm-hmm. is this idea of where where do you i know so we can I do love the aspect of the way that the Enneagram can be integrated through a lot of different filters and lenses, mm-hmm. such as you do approach it in the Enneagram spectrum method. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that you do that and your style in doing that mm-hmm. in terms of personal growth work. If you're, if you're a mm-hmm. coach, someone, um, what do you usually Uh where so let's say they've nailed their type, they've figured it out, everyone's in agreement. Yeah. Um, What is the first direction that you generally teach on or or usher them toward? Is it the passions? Is it arrow? I mean, is it more like ring work? Or could you tell us about that?
0: Yeah. Mm, Well, I I probably I would start. Because Carl Rogers was the first therapy (laughs) approach I learned. Um, You know, going back to psychoanalytic approach, probably the first experiences we have are the ones that are most lasting. So I really like his Mm -hmm. approach. So I would start with where the person is. So as a therapist, as well as an Enneagram teacher, usually people come with, with some pain, you know. So where is your style causing you distress where is it not working so you could kind of start there um and for me being (laughs) being a head person i would start with well how about your assumptions uh other people who are hard people might say well let's start with your vices you know and other people might say well let's start with where you experience this style in your body so head heart and gut so I would just, I I kind of think that our assumptions are what leads to our, our feelings and our behavior. So take a look at that. What are your schemas? How? What are your lenses? How are you looking at the world? And what kind of world do you live in? Because we're living, you know, it's like men are from Mars, women are from Venus. We're living in nine different planets here. And the nice thing is we can visit each other's planets. They might look <laughs> hostile, but they're really kind of, you know, helpful, useful. Um, so how do you see the world? And, and oh, I don't know, is the world flawed and you have to fix it? That's the the ones, you know, well, nothing is perfect. God kind of didn't do a very good job, but that's why he sent ones into the world, to fix it, make it better. <laughs> right so twos would be saying you know what kind of world do you do you see what are your assumptions well my assumptions are uh, you know i have to give in order to receive i've got to i've got to be of service in order for people to love me oh okay that's an interesting assumption what does that lead to or for threes what's your world like well it's kind of disorganized and a mess but i can i can organize it but also my assumption is if I'm going to be loved, then I have to do something. I have to bring home some prizes, you know. And for the fours, what's your world like? Well, there's nothing I can do. I'm going to be abandoned uh, uh, no matter what I do. Wow, that's a kind of a rough world. Okay. For fives, the uh, you know what's what's the world you live in? Well, it's a it's a depriving world. Doesn't give me what I need, so I got to go get it on my own. Or it's intrusive. You're asking me these. Damn questions, Chad. You know, (laughs) just stop it. Leave me alone. So that kind of world. The six is, oh, it's a dangerous world. Oh. you Watch the the Enneagram. It's going to mess you up. So be careful. So it's a dangerous world. Well, that's a starting assumption. Sevens, their world is kind of interesting. Wow. And a lot of oysters out there. You know, it's kind of a nice world. The eights the world is hostile i was just talking to somebody who's who's talking about someone he knew and he was saying um in order to live he has to struggle life is a struggle wow it's, a tough, well, it's an interesting world that you're living in and uh i don't know the nines world would be um it causes me discomfort it creates conflict and so i need to calm it down or i need to figure out a way to eliminate some of that conflict so where is your starting point how how are you how are you setting up your world which is then going to lead to certain feelings about that world and behaviors so the ways that you're going to have to protect yourself defend yourself against that world so i that's where i would start so what are you know how and and these assumptions it seems like well that's the way it is it's like walter cronkite you know that old broadcast and that's the way it is no (laughs) that's the way you think it is you just made all that up you can make some make up something else you don't like the way your story ends make up another ending so um there's something about the oh uh a guy by the name of Kelly, who has a construct theory of personality, it's it's it, you know, cognitive, but our constructs, uh, we're free to change them. But once you have them, then you're kind of constrained by that. So if you think you have to be uh, giving and perfect in order to be loved, then, then you're stuck in that world. You have to live that way. If you think the world is flat, then you come up to the edge of your world and you got to stop whoa other people can keep going because their world is round and you say what are you doing you crazy and they say why did you stop so um oh i don't know what what are your what are your mm, constructs your paradigms your assumptions and the enneagram helps us examine them
1: you know and well why you're why you know I I like the idea of you helping us dismantle our assumptions yeah and our beliefs yeah. And and yet, you know, we, we are all, what's interesting about the Enneagram is that it's so universal in its application. And yet so often who we are, is a, is a sum total result of the culture we live in and how we were brought up. And some of these very first experiences that we had. Yeah. I guess it's, it's a, there is, by breaking down these assumptions we can somewhat free ourselves
0: yeah i think so it, just as you're saying that yeah it's like well who was who am i before religion culture my parents my ego got a hold of me um who right who was i before i was born who was i in god's mind before i got born um
1: I do hear the, the phrase true self is used in more religious contexts and yeah. it's made in this, the theological idea is that it's out of, we're made out of the, the imago day, right? The yeah. image of God. Mm-hmm. But in terms of our day-to-day living, this brings it all the way back, I guess. It's, I think people are like, they want to be, as you said, they come to you in some kind of pain.
0: Yeah.
1: The beginning point is they want to get out of the pain. Yeah. They don't necessarily care about them, their true self, and especially if it's ineff- ineffable and words can't describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I, I I don't know where we're going with that, but it's more of like I think we see that there can the enneagram can be a especially potent tool to be able to move forward in some of these practical ways.
0: Yeah. And I wonder if, um, and again, I'm I'm making this up too. It's another assumption. Uh, I wonder if our true self, our, I don't know essential self, our real self, whatever. Psychology, Mm -hmm. Jung, at uh, Karen Hornei. There's a lot of people talk about the real self. I've just read a book by a social psychologist who said, you know, there isn't much evidence for a real self. So you know, Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that yeah. too
1: recently. Yeah.
0: Um, so maybe that real self is more resilient, more robust, more hardy than our um, ego or our false self or our fragile defensive self. So why would you want to get in touch with your real self because um, it, it's a better place to deal with what's going on in your life. And also, I'm just uh, as we speak, going to give a talk at the IEA about the reasons, about you stress, good stress and distress and mm-hmm. stress. And a lot of our distress is brought on by ourselves. You know, if you think you've got to be perfect or wise or tough or or I don't know whatever your assumptions
1: are, yeah, you
0: bring on a lot of unnecessary suffering and pain. And the ego, the real self, I, I don't think is causes us as much pain. It's not there to um hmm. you know. T- t- tighten our restrictions or our, our mm, turtle shell, you know, or whatever. Um, it's there to, to help us grow, to, to open up, to uh, be less, you well, know, not less stressed, but have you stress, you know, so like, what do you get excited about? What gets your energy up? And, and that's, that's nice. And, and, you know, be nine, people might say nine different things (laughs) beginning of the day what do you look forward to or at the end of the day what made it a good day
1: yeah Uh, like like you often say what works for you if it works for you use it exactly yeah uh and you know and speaking of which i think that i was one i one curiosity i have is as you've watched the, and experienced firsthand a lot of the growth and the evolution of the Enneagram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm curious if there is a teaching that you think is flawed, but, you know, I think that you are so adaptive and adoptive with it that you would probably say, if it were, <laughs> if that theory works for you, go use with it. it. And right. I also don't want you yeah. to feel like you have to throw anyone under the bus. That's so... Right. I'm going to you're ask
0: me anyway, aren't you?
1: No, no, I'm no, not. not. I'm, you feel free to share if you if you do feel strongly about something. Uh-huh. But I'm um I'm more curious about like what has evolved in terms of the theories that you found surprising and mm. like a you know emergent kind of useful way.
0: Um. Okay. If anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think the the kind of, the, um, although I think it was probably there way, way back in the 70s, but the integrative approach, you know, kind of mm-hmm. uh, honoring that there's good stuff in all nine ways of being in the world. And we've got all those nine points in us. So um, develop them a little bit. The the, the most recent, uh, well, not most, anyway, it's a, a recent development is the subtypes.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. when i learned the anagram there were like three three sentences for each subtypes we didn't say much about them Mm -hmm. Uh, i learned it one way claudio nerano but he he's changed now he's changed his way of looking at subtypes and unfortunately he died so i can't ask him claudio where'd you get all that stuff from uh b chestnut and um uh what ginger lab at has done uh they've done some workshops with claudio so they're uh kind of channeling his new thinking about the subtypes which is um different and some people say yeah that's really helpful other people say no it doesn't quite really really fit me now we're back to well if it helps use it if you know if you don't it doesn't make sense to you let it go uh,
1: well, so what do you I, think about that integration of those three instincts that mm-hmm. that pry, filtered through the the type, and so it's the social self preservation and yeah. the one to one. Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious like how how does it see it, it rings true for me and it yeah. really helped me discover especially with the counter types. Mm-hmm. Not not ref, look like if you're a counter type it might yeah. be really hard to figure out who you are. Yeah. Um yeah. How does it how does it work for you?
0: Well, I'm I'm um uh, to be honest, I'm still learning about it and um Corrupted by my research courses I had to take. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I need to talk to some more people. I mean, I've had Lordy, 50 years to talk to people about their Enneagram styles. Uh, This is only with the last year or so that that some of this new thinking about the subtypes. So I need to do some more interviewing, talking to people, gathering data. Uh, So here's the theory. Does it fit the data? And yeah. uh, again, like you're saying, well, you've found the counter types kind of helpful. Um, what do other people think? So um, yeah, so I just, I just need to basically learn more about it. And I learn more about it from, from the horse's mouth, that part of the horse, the mouth and claudia what do, what do people right. say about it
1: yeah oh okay yeah
0: you know the other thing well while we're off on subtypes uh real quick some people who teach this and this is i think probably the way i learned it uh if you just stay with the instincts so, no matter which of the nine enneagram types you are, if you're self-preservation, you're going to have things in common with all self-preservation subtypes because you basically want to survive life. If you're right. a social subtype, no matter what enneagram type you are, if you put those people together in a group, they're going to have similar concerns. How does this group work? How do I fit in? You know, kind of navigating the group. Uh, let's gossip a little bit. Let's see who's you know what's going on here who's sleeping with who, you know, that kind of thing. And then the, uh, now which brings us to the sexual subtype, if you put all of them together, no matter what type they are, they're going to have similar issues. How do I attract uh, someone, you know, as a potential mate? How do I make myself attractive? How do I connect with one other person? Mm, That kind of thing. So the subtypes are similar. The new approach with Claudio is not, it's not the case. Not all self-preservation subtypes are alike. Not all social subtypes are alike. Not all intimate one-on-one subtypes are alike. So you can't toss them all into a room and expect them to look alike. So now you added, which was there at the beginning, but you've kind of take more emphasis on what is it like when the vice of each type interacts or interferes with that natural instinct. Now you've got these subtypes and it, it, it um, doesn't work the same for all the any, nine Enneagram types. One last thing, if you were coming up with a subtype test, whose theory of subtypes are you trying to measure? So if there are different theories of subtypes, your test is going to be measuring different things. So, I mean, that's the same, just true for my test, anybody's Enneagram test. I'm using basically Claudio Nerano's description of the types, and I'm trying to measure that. If somebody's got another test and they're measuring somebody else's description of the types, you might come out different because the test is trying to measure some different aspect of the theory that makes sense that it does to me anyway. So I don't, I don't have a subtype test because I'm not sure uh, what kind of subtype I'm trying to measure or, or, you know, pinpoint.
1: Well, how did you go about discovering that you are a self-identified self preservation five?
0: (laughs) It's a good question I have that's the one thing I have no doubt about. And even <laughs> even with Claudio's new description, I still fit a self-preservation subtitle. Okay. I mean, oh. that's you know, I go away on a on a trip and um, well, okay. Well, I, I'm not I won't be able to make the San- Well, I should leave San Francisco conference out of this. But well, anyway, I'd be worried about how <laughs> what the airfare, how much is that gonna cost me? You know, there are there going to be crowds at the airport? Uh, where's the hotel located? How the hell much is it going to cost? What's going on in San Francisco? Man, there are homeless people out there, and there's this and there's that. Uh, you know, how are the restaurants in the area? Hello? Can you say self preservation? <laughs> Um,
1: yeah, and well, and I think so. You're <laughs> indicating mm-hmm. a strong predilection in yeah. an instinctual behavior, yeah. and I have, you know, I mean, I don't know how varied the theories are, but there is one that I think adds just a huge complexity to it all, and that's it's not only your dominant instinct, but it's the whole sequence yeah, okay. that gives it its own specific flavor. So, right. really, there's like 54 different types. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, and so, in some cases, I've even heard you, you've mentioned Ginger here. I've heard her describe it as well. Sometimes you can have two instincts that are really, really close, and it's yeah. not clear yeah. which yeah. one's which. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just to muddy the waters a little bit as we're coming to the end of our uh, conversation. <laughs> That's here. right.
0: That's just people will say, "Oh my God, right? <laughs> this is too complicated." <laughs> So now you have to go back to KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, go back to the... Start simple, and then if you want, add some complexity. I mean, that's what I have Mm experienced. I mean, a lot of people just learn the Enneagram, and so now they've got kind of a global idea about it. And um, it helps if you've (laughs) been with it for 50 years. You see that, you know... Not all ones are alike, not all twos are alike, not all, you know, one with a two wing and a, and a, a, you know, a social subtype are alike. There's just a lot of variation. Some people find that uncomfortable. Wait a minute, I need a simple system so I can just type people and get it over with. But, you know, actually, I find human nature perverse. We just resist that kind of typing you know no i'm an individual oh yeah honor that okay
1: you're right that is kind of a a paradox of it all and maybe that was where i was kind of beginning it's like Mm I know that no, everyone feels like, yeah, the Myers-Briggs and I am an ENFP or whatever it is that just boxes me in. That's just a label. Mm -hmm. And I want, you know, I'm, I'm an individual and all of that, but then it, but people are like, the Enneagram, it's so, there's so much to understand before I even know who I am.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's right. Oh, let let me go back to where we started, you know, so we're, we, we're uh, like everybody else. So if this, Big self theory is true. Yes, we all have this same big self. We're all alike. Or, as human <laughs> beings, we all need oxygen. We all need a certain amount of warmth and, and to survive. We're all alike there. We're like some other people. So um, I'm not like you because you have hair and I don't. So we'll leave that out. But you know, <laughs> maybe we're like blue-eyed people, brown-eyed people. There are some. Uh, uh nines on the enneagram there are some fours on the enneagram so we you know typology and then we're like no one else no one else ever has been or ever will be Mm. the unique combination of genes and experiences that you have and that i have and we're we're this precious diamond you know there's only one of us which is odd because how much time do we spend? Oh, I wish I were like that other person. Well, wait a minute.
1: Right, especially us fours.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You want to be yourself. They nobody else like you. Everything else is taken. So um, yeah. So all three are true. We're we're like everybody else. We're like some others. We're like no others.
1: Ooh, I love that. There you go. That is a I think a great mm-hmm. note to end on. And I know you're you're just sharing your wisdom and insights, experiences because you're being generous with your time. Well, uh, tell us uh, where to find you.
0: Well, all right. Well, as a five, I'm anonymous. You can't find me anywhere. So, but if you're looking, <laughs> <laughs> I have a website, uh dot and I do training programs so there's one com. so i have a part one coming up in september and a part two next january and if you want to try my test out it's wagner enneagram personality style style so w e p s s weps.com thanks
1: yeah and thank you jerry wagner everyone And good to see you again uh, here on the Big Self Show.
0: Yeah. All right, Chet. Thanks for having me again.
1: We are all about big ideas and how to integrate them to live a more sustainable life, to open up your learning, level up your self-awareness and consciousness, and move from surviving to thriving to flourishing and i think what dr wagner is helping us understand is that the true self is something that we already have and already are and maybe we don't really have to go out and find it exactly and for all the ways in which we're different and unique and one of a kind paradoxically we're also very much the same If something here was of value to you, please let us know by leaving us a review on iTunes. And you know where to find us at bigselfschool.com where we offer one-to-one coaching as well as trainings and workshops for organizations big and small. Here's to seeing you next time on The Big Self Show. And if you'd like to book a discovery call and just let us know how we might be able to help you, we have a link in the show notes. Book a discovery call now and let's talk.